Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way It's time to name the neglect from typical food advice. Welcome to the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Hosted by me, Julie Duffy Dillon. I'm a registered dietitian with 20 years of experience partnering with folks just like you on their food peace journey. What have we learned? Well, cookie cutter approaches exclude too many people and you don't need to be fixed. It's not you, it's not me, it's all of us. Only together, we can start a movement and fix diet culture, and we will. Let's begin with now. Hey there, welcome to episode 323 of Find Your Food Voice. I am so glad you're here. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, your host, and you have joined us on a Diet Culture IRL episode. What does that mean? Well, this is where I sit down with Colleen Brebner, another Find Your Food Voice team member, and we unpacked current events, things that are making lots of noise and taking up space while you're trying to find your food voice. And this episode's a bit unique because we're actually talking about some current wins that are happening and we can't wait to share them with you. So we are going to hear what Colleen has to say. She's going to kind of outline some things that she's been hearing and then the two of us are going to chat. But before we get to 
Uh, hearing from Colleen, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of Find Your Food Voice is brought to you by my decoding and demystifying PCO carb cravings webinar. I wish you weren't taught to be ashamed of your PCOS carb cravings. You aren't weak for having them. You aren't gluttonous for eating in response to them either. You aren't doing it wrong. I wish you were taught these carb cravings are insightful. I have noticed there are two different types of PCOS carb cravings that give amazing, distinct intel. I wish you were taught from the get-go that both are to be trusted. Are PCOS carb cravings annoying as fuck? You bet. Should they be ignored or tricked? No way. Let's fix this. I'm putting together a mini training on PCOS carb cravings. It's a bite-sized lesson to help you move from chaotic with cravings to decoding their wisdom. You'll also learn the two different types of PCOS cravings and what they are telling you about your current PCOS symptom management. At this free webinar, you also get a peek into PCOS power. It's an open house tour of all that is included. The learning modules, the community, the workbook, the discount, discounted dispensary, and so much more. And remember, it's free. So if you are interested, go to bit.ly slash PCOS carb cravings. Again, it's bit.ly slash PCOS carb cravings, and you will get to all the information and a place to sign up. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. With flowers in full bloom and springtime in full swing, this week I wanted to speak about areas of growth for people living in larger bodies, like me. Diet Culture IRL is a segment meant for all things related to diet culture, and that means celebrating the fight against systemic oppression too. So this week, we celebrate the wins, the small victories in the fight for more equitable treatment of human beings. That brings me to an exciting new proposed bill in New York that could prohibit weight discrimination. This bill introduced by New York City Council member Sean Abreu would aim to prohibit discrimination on the basis of a person's height or weight regarding opportunities of employment, housing, and access to public accommodations. Abreu said, body shaming denies people necessary, even life-saving medical treatment, contributes to financial inequality, and creates serious mental health challenges. He also said, if appearance-based discrimination is left unprotected and unchecked, continued adverse consequences within employment and housing will further tear apart the diverse, beautiful mosaic of individuals. Tigress Osborne, who is the board chair of the National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance, shared these impactful words as well. New York is about to make history as one of the very few places in the entire world that has legal protections against size discrimination. Fun fact, weight discrimination is legal in 49 states. Yep, you heard me right. The only state that has a law prohibiting discrimination on the basis of weight is Michigan. You go, Michigan. That said, there are some U.S. cities like San Francisco that have passed legislation preventing weight discrimination. Here's to hoping New York City is added to that list. 
It's wild for me to think that employers may reject me for a job or fire me because of my body size. Saying that out loud is terrifying. This just reinforces the archaic idea that my value is based solely on how I appear rather than my skill set and work performance talent. This also comes into play with getting paid less and promotion opportunities. While this New York bill is a step in the right direction, there's still so much to do. This brings me to my next story today. Tamron Hall hosted a segment on her show called Why These Women Are Proudly Embracing Their Bodies in the Midst of Toxic Diet Culture. And it was beautiful. She discusses Chrissy King's book, The Body Liberation Project. She had Jackie Malloy, Kendra Austin, and Jessica Torres on who shared their body shaming experiences and discussed what brought them to a place of joy. I loved seeing this and I love that it was broadcasted on daytime television on a large network. They shared their stories about celebrating their bodies and the joy that a person can find when they tap into their own bodies and accept them. Chrissy shares that we have been told this lie that life begins on the other side of fat loss. She says, I'll have the life of my dreams, the partner of my dreams, I'll be beautiful. And that's simply not true. I wanted to discuss these newsworthy moments with you, listener, because I think it's important to celebrate fat joy when it shows up for you, to know there are movements being made to move the needle toward more equitable practices. It's so easy to think about all the ways that we as a society fall short because there are so many. So I think it's important to share when we have some wins on our side too, and to know that Julie and I stand alongside you today and every day to help push that needle farther along for all of us. Hey there, Colleen. How you doing? Hey, Julie. Doing great. How are you? I am doing just fine. And thank you for writing this Diet Culture IRL. And what made this, this kind of like, you know, usually we are, I want to say complaining. We're reporting that like, hey, there's some bad shit happening and we zero in on something. Yeah. And you wanted to write about some wins. What made you want to write, write about wins this week? Just some wins in my newsfeed lately. I mm-hmm. think that oftentimes what pops up in my newsfeed are those like shitty diet culture things that Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, there's my diet culture IRL for this week. And (laughs) it's almost like no problem finding it. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I had a few things pop up in my newsfeed and I was like, you know, what might be refreshing for spring is to celebrate some wins. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to bring those out. Well, what it what is it like for you to like hear about these wins? I mean, I I know you don't live in New York City, but like to hear about this kind of stuff happening. I don't live in New York City. However, as you know, I love being in New York because of, <laughs> yes. you know, Broadway. And <laughs> I follow someone on Instagram who happened to be at a lot of these rallies. And her name is Stephanie Lexis. She goes by that on Instagram. And also, I think it's a Broadway Bopo. And um, she was at these rallies. And so a lot, I, I saw a lot of this through her lens. And it just was so cool to see mm-hmm. like a lot of the people that I follow who are advocating for uh, body diversity and, and, you know, these 
trying to get rid of these systems of oppression for fat folks on my feed. And I was like, wow, like we're doing it. And it felt really good. It felt really good to celebrate in that. And I mean, the the bill hasn't passed yet, but it's like Mm -hmm. just the hope of knowing that these things are in motion and feeling like, okay. And also I'm not in it alone. There's so many other advocates out there doing the work and like, yay, yay us. It feels hopeful. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Exciting. Feeling seen maybe too. Um, yeah. And I follow Stephanie over on TikTok and I've connected a few times with her over the years, just about Broadway because my kid is like you, Colleen, of course, (laughs) and loves all things Broadway. And I wanted her to also, my child, to be exposed to size diversity in theater. You know, like I just think that's such a a positive thing. And I want my kids to also experience that. So I'm always been grateful for um, her voice and to hear that she's involved with it. But I can't like move past with also acknowledging Kimmy Singh, who's been on the podcast, who I've done lots of work with. Uh, yes. She was a grad student of mine. She was someone who uh, um, spoke at the hearing. And so if if you're looking for a dietitian, especially if you have PCOS, Kimmy is someone that is fabulous. But she also is a part of this too. So I was like so excited to see her like using her voice and also excited to see everyone coming together to make this happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of people that... Um, I hope they feel us lifting them up as they're mm-hmm. like trying to move this forward. And I know um, today this is this episode is being released on April 25th, and on April 28th is the next time the New York City Council is that what it is? Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, we'll be hearing and seeing you know how this is moving through, and I'm gonna make sure that we put in the show notes just like the official kind of like register that has all the different information. Um, like New York law yes. and like what's what's happening and stuff like that. So in case you want to, like maybe you're in that area and you also want to support it, or if you're in an area where you can see this happening, you know, um, yes. I think if that's something like as you're reading through the Diet Culture IRL, I was like, huh, maybe Greensboro needs this. That's where I live. You know, like, of yeah. course it needs it. Um, and I wonder how much this experience for folks in New York City, how it will provide like a template for other people to do the same thing, you know? Yeah. So thank you, and folks like, in New York what City. What are the steps too? Like, I mm-hmm. think that oftentimes we we look at change at a local level, and it's like, oh, well, it will never get to I don't know the White House. So we're like, oh, like what are the steps that we can take in our local Mm -hmm. neighborhoods. And Mm -hmm. maybe that starts with our local city council and maybe that Mm -hmm. moves on and like it's happened here. So that means it can happen somewhere else too. Yeah. And I, you know, thinking about even, I think if we think just like White House or nationally or globally, um, the action is going to happen more on the local level Yeah. anyway. And local governments all function differently and I think that's on purpose because it's confusing and hard to access then, you know? <laughs> um, and so if we can do something in our local areas, then I think it'll allow for one people in your community, like your friends, your community to access just, you know, humanity basically more often. Um, that is going to mean the world to someone, many people, yeah. right? So 
um, yeah, I just so appreciate them doing that again. Cause I'm like thinking of it as a template. I'm like, Oh, I am watching because Greensboro, we got some folks here who want to do the same thing. And I'm saying this in like real time. Like I haven't talked to anybody, but I was like, this needs to happen here too. <laughs> so, um, anyway, and you know, I do think about like all of the shitty things that are happening all over the world. And also in the United States, like this is where we can make a difference is in local government, you know, yeah. and that's actually where, um, people who are more in the, the political sphere that is not where I am. I think that's what they've been doing successfully is like really navigating, um, local governments and state governments to, um, hold more power. And so we need to take it back and this is going to be one way anyway. Um, so with that all being said, um, I wanted to mention one thing because um, it can be doing anti-diet work and, um, you know, I'm only a clinician and I'm an ally. I'm not someone with that lived experience. So as I say this, I'm like, I know I'm only have a, I don't have the same kind of um, exhaustion with living with this kind of discrimination, but um thinking about how the tide is kind of changing right now from body positivity, intuitive eating, you know, kind of those buzzwords, having um, a surge of trend and acceptance to now being again, more into dieting and thinness. Um, It didn't necessarily go away when intuitive eating and body positivity were trendy, but it was just like, it seemed like it was becoming more acceptable. Um, And the tide is changing again and it's become, um, not in vogue, whatever. It can be really, um, it's just sad to see that happen again. And also something that I have come to appreciate on TikTok. <laughs> I was talking to a journalist. I say TikTok just because I think more people who are Gen Z are on there. But yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a Gen Xer. I'm assuming you're a millennial, Colleen. I'm, a millennial. I'm not sure. If, okay. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, we have lived our life with you know, going through the eighties and nineties, um, and then two thousands and then have experiencing like the super, um, restrictive diet kind of experiences to experiencing the surge of popularity of intuitive eating. And now going back down, like for millennials and Gen X and maybe boomers too, it's kind of like, oh shit, this is again, but something Mm -hmm. that I'm noticing is that folks who are Gen Z and younger their foundation was built with a non-diet kind of relationship with food and they're a foundation of inclusion, social justice. And I was talking to a journalist who mentioned like, Oh, Gen Z is a, our main area that we speak to and they demand nutrition from Mm -hmm. a non-diet approach. And I was like, well, that's fucking awesome. You know, like that's amazing. And so I'm trying to hold on to that too, that, um, we have folks who are younger, who this is all they know, and this is all they will accept. You know, yeah. they're not going to accept that, um, the thin ideal as, as something that is, um, something that should be pushed or something that is promoting health. And they just call out the bullshit. So yeah. I just want to mention that. And, and, uh, with that all being said, I think it's cool to also go back to Michigan because you mentioned Michigan, Michigan's the only state in the United States that has a weight discrimination law. And mm-hmm. this is something as a, as a anti-diet dietitian, we often talk about, we're like only in Michigan, it's the only place in the United States that if you are discriminated against, 
based on size that that company is going to have a problem. Yeah. Um, and I thought it happened in the 90s, but right before we jumped on, I was like, wait, I Googled it. In 1976, who did this in 1976? I know I can Google that too and figure that out, but I didn't before we <laughs> recorded, but like how amazing. But why has that only that been the only state? And maybe this with New York City, it'll change. You know, maybe more so. people will. Yeah. I know San Francisco, like the city, I think you mentioned yes. it too. Yeah. Yes. San Francisco is another place that has similar kind of laws. So um, I know if you have any, I, I'm blabbing now, but like, is there anything that um, <laughs> I missed or like something that you want to mention with all that, all the things I just mentioned there? I think that just like the kind of number ratio, like when you think about the states and you're like, wow, mm-hmm. one, one state. One has done this. It mm-hmm. It's like, why has this not come up in any other person's radar to like bring this forward? And, and maybe it has. And maybe mm-hmm. like we're not hearing about the conversations behind closed doors that it's, you know, or in the room where it happens that mm-hmm. it, we're just not hearing about it. But mm-hmm. I, I think that number is kind of shocking. And I mean, who knows what other laws also we... Mm-hmm we look at and we're like, oh, no states have protection for this. So like, mm-hmm, I'm sure this mm-hmm. isn't the only one, but it, yeah. it is shocking. Yeah. And I, I'm shocked. And also I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Like so much of fat activism is, um, so much of it is like the energy from it comes from folks who are actually being oppressed. And yeah. so I would imagine that a lot of doors are just not open to that discussion because of lacking access and, and because of the discrimination, it can't be named, you know? And, um, that, that speaks to me. That's why I'm like, Greensboro needs to have this, you know, as someone who really aims to be an ally to fat communities, like I really like, what can I do? Let's do it here. (laughs) Um, and what are you, what, when you think of allyship, is there anything that comes to mind for you that like folks can do who care about you or care about the fat community? Is there something that comes to mind for you that is like helpful, important, maybe even like on a personal level or just like broader, like when it comes to like laws and stuff like so that? So many things. I'll speak from a okay. personal <laughs> level because I think okay. it can be more impactful and like I'm speaking from personal experience. If you are making a reservation somewhere and Mm -hmm. you do a little search in their photos for what the seating looks like, having accessible seating can be everything. When Mm -hmm. I go to a restaurant and the like armrests are there, that's like immediate like red flag number one for me. I'm like, okay, this is going to be pinching me for two hours uh, while I sit here and want to enjoy my my meal with you all and. I don't think people think about that, like accessible seating. Uh, mm-hmm. And and that means accessible in, in all ways. So not just, you know, maybe it's no armrests, maybe it's a bench option. Um, it just really depends. But checking with in with your person who you're considering and seeing like what their needs are, that's mm-hmm. so impactful and, mm-hmm. and can go such a long way. I will always choose table seating over a booth any day okay. because usually okay. the booth table doesn't move. Um, yes. And, yes. and that's something to consider. So that's, that's one yeah. thing. And that's like 
I think, uh, something everyone can think about. And yes. can, uh, I, can I, inter- I interrupt you for just oh, a yeah, second about yeah. the seats? Cause yeah. I, um, I think it, it would be, um, helpful for the listener to even like know more details, um, because I, I appreciate there's like one particular chair that so many restaurants have that are armless, but are still really, really shitty. And they happen to yes. be financially just like a really good deal. They're metal. They look really modern. Yep. Um, do you know what chair I'm talking about? Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've learned like, okay, that's the seating. No, that's just not going to be acceptable, yeah. accommodating. Um, it's going to be too painful. And so you said a bench is a, or yeah, something well, it- that's armless. A bench depends because sometimes like benches can also be like terror inducing if the bench can't hold a certain amount of weight Um, because I have sat on a bench before and had it collapse under me and it's not a fun Mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. Same with like those plastic lawn chairs. That's happened too. So I think that like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things that it's like, you know, just, just consider um, what might be comfortable and, and, some people will be open to chatting about what's making them comfortable and some people won't. So you kind yeah. of ha- also yeah. have to use your own inference and your own mm-hmm. empathy skills to kind of suss out like, do I mm-hmm. think this person would be open to me asking what's comfortable for them? Or should I just yeah. go ahead and try to look and see if there's like more accessible seating or more comfortable mm-hmm. seating? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Hopefully that helps answer your question. I hope so too. And I appreciate you sharing your experiences. Like, And I was thinking about that metal chair that you and I both know what we're talking about. A listener may not. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes to like what chair I'm talking about in case you're not sure. Um, and I'm, I, I feel like I learned the best, like listening to allies who... Um, just have done it longer and gotten more feedback than I have, mm-hmm. you know, gotten more call outs and call ins and like um, done the work to like improve and hearing how they ask folks. Like I've heard people say like, Hey, I found this restaurant um, and this is the seating that they have. Is that something that's going to allow you to feel comfortable during the meal? Like just even like, yeah. Um, and kind of offering like, Hey, do you want me to look more or do you want to see the picture? Which would be best? Um, I've heard people say that kind of stuff. Um, and I don't know, like listen to hear what other people are doing. And I think yeah. too, as an ally, like when people give you feedback, make sure that you are grateful for it. Cause it's very generous when people are like, Hey, that restaurant that we went to just FYI, that tables are the seats up. Yeah. So <laughs> if someone tells you that to like, um, hear it, you yeah. know, and, and not everyone uh, is going to feel comfortable vocalizing their but, needs. Oh, thank too. you. Yeah. So I want to like recognize that. Like I'm at a place now in my journey where I'm like, yeah, that table's not going to work for us. <laughs> like yeah. I have uh-huh. no problem, but not everybody is there. Not everyone so, is. Yeah. 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 Um, let's talk about some other things allies can do. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought about um, how speaking up, bef- like, I think again, thinking about like these laws that are passed and why haven't more been passed? Well, because um, a big majority of the groups who are doing this work are also actively being oppressed by these laws. So, what if you are someone who is not being oppressed by these laws? What if you spoke up? And it may not always be in like government settings, but maybe in your doctor's office or um, or in the dentist chair or I don't know, just anywhere you may be. Like if you notice something is accessible to thank them if it's not accessible to speak up and let them know. I don't know if that's something that 
um, how, what you think about that, Colleen. But that was one thing I thought about. Banking is huge. I recently had a, a visit with a wellness center and I, they told me that I needed to be weighed this time around because of a medication change. But she was like, you don't have to look at the number. I won't tell you. I'm just going to keep it in your chart. And mm-hmm. I thanked her. I was like, no one has ever said that to me before That's because amazing. I'm pretty adamant about not getting weighed. And yeah. she was like, don't worry. Like, I'm going to keep this confidential. I'm going to write a note in your chart so that no one in the future like will let you know. But I need to know for this like particular medication change. And I was like, oh, thank you. That's so awesome. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. And I think about you having that interaction in a healthcare setting. Someone has already educated that person or that person has lived experience or, you know, something else happened, like somebody else did the labor there and how that has caused this like ripple effect. And so anytime anybody speaks up, especially someone again, who's not carrying the heavy burden of actually experiencing that discrimination, I think can be pretty powerful. Um, The other thing I think about too, is noticing our own bias. Like if you are aiming to be an ally, noticing it and it's like someone, you know, we all have bias. <laughs> like it's okay to admit, like we have been brought up with fat bias, like our uh, anti fat bias. Um, and so owning it is to me really important. And um, it's hard and uncomfortable and it feels really shamey and shitty, but also like yeah. that's the only way to move forward to me. I don't know what you think about that. I, I think that's also, in addition, great. And I have two more suggestions. Uh, One one is when your children, small children, are watching shows with fat phobic content. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's so many of them. I mean, pretty much lots of Disney. And then uh, Peppa Pig has a lot too. Not not at my house. Mm -mm. Yeah. Any of those shows, (laughs) if, if you are allowing your kids to watch those having a conversation after Mm -hmm. or when something happens in one of those shows and saying like, we don't speak to people that way. Like we want to be kind to everyone. Just having Mm -hmm. language around that for your kids, that can also go a really long way. Your kids Mm -hmm. are going to grow up and Mm -hmm. that's going to be the model of how they treat fat folks um, and Mm -hmm. people in larger bodies. So and they're impressionable at those young ages. So just kind 100%. of having a moment and being like, we we want to treat everyone with kindness and recognize that like mm-hmm. that was that was not a nice thing to say in the show. Um, yeah. So kind of and and the second piece that I have is also part of that kind of call out or call in, which is uh, when you hear kind of fat jokes, and this is for anyone, mm-hmm. or appearance-related jokes too. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of what's been going on in the news lately, as we know, like Trump has been indicted. And the, I see a lot of jokes around um, his physical appearance. And mm. regardless of what, what your political stance is, like no one should be making jokes about anyone's physical appearance. So Correct. I think that that is also a time when you can either just not laugh or encourage those mm-hmm. types of jokes um, because they can be really harmful to furthering stigma against folks in larger bodies. Yes. Interrupt it yeah. in any of those situations. I think just even like, especially when people are talking and they're making a joke, um, say, I, I find myself doing this a lot where someone will like make a joke about body size and I'll say, oh, <laughs> I don't even, I don't laugh. I don't mm-hmm. like respond. Um, 
I used to just like, huh, like, I don't know, pretend, but mm-hmm. then I'm like, especially for folks who I have like a long-term relationship with, it's just like, oh, and usually then the person is like, oh. <laughs> like there's like a, a shock of like, oh, I just said something that was actually pretty shitty. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just like exactly what you said about like cartoons and movies with kids. Um, I tried to shield my kids for so long from like, it was easy just to not have Peppa Pig on, you know, it's, it, no, yeah. we're not watching that. Why? Well, because it's teaching you to make fun of people based on their appearance and their body size. And yeah, that's not okay. But so that was easy to just be like, no, but sometimes in a movie, like a yeah. Disney movie, there'd be some fat phobic kind of joke. Um, and having to, I, you know, just say, oh, what, what was that that we just heard? So, and now yeah. my kids are the ones who are like, they'll yell it out. That's fat phobic. Like, they'll, yes. They'll say, and my son will just turn it off. He's like, no, yeah. can't do it then. I'm like, thank you. So, yeah. Um, and I hope it is like a part of the norm. Again, I think there's something to Gen Z and younger, like this is woven into their foundation for not everyone, but for many people. And so I'm just hoping it's like so ingrained that it becomes yeah. like when they start to be at voting age, be like, wait, why don't we have this law? Like, yeah, we should not do appearance-based discrimination. Duh. And yeah. let's, let's, let's do something. I, before we end, I have to say too, that phrase appearance-based discrimination, I think is so important Yes, because um, weight-based discrimination is what it, you know, and also height, they're talking about that too, but still like, yeah. When it come, when you name it as appearance based, which is that's what it is, it's appearance yeah. based. It really shows how ridiculous it is that there even has this that people have an experience of like discrimination based on how they look. You yeah. know, it feels like kindergarten one hundred and one. Yep. <laughs> you don't make fun of someone how they look. So anyway, I know I'm taking notes, um, and I encourage you, listener. Like, is this something you can bring to your local area? And and let us you know to- if we miss something too. Oh yeah. Reach out. Sure. Let us know. Yeah. Um, I'm open to all of the how to be an ally tips and tricks. Maybe we can put together yes. a little guide. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds like a good idea. Like we could just yeah. like have an open Google Doc and we can just yeah. keep adding things to it. Um, that's a great idea. Yeah, because there's a million more things. And yes. um, <laughs> but yeah, or maybe in your area, if your local area, if you've already passed something like this, that would be awesome to hear about too. Or if you do decide to like take the template from New York City and do it in your area, let us know because we want to support you. So thank you, Colleen, for um, putting together this winning Diet Culture IRL. It's nice to hear some of the wins. I appreciate you. Thank you. you. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Colleen Bremner. And we hope that sharing these wins helps to maybe lift your sails, help you along the way in this really tumultuous time in diet culture. And maybe it will just spur you on in your community to do similar things. That would be so amazing. Let us know how you are acting as an ally or how you are helping to end weight discrimination where you live. And a note about the show. We will be continuing to come to you every week as we're heading toward the warmer months where we live. And the episodes are going to be a little bit shorter over the next eight to 12 weeks. 
And like I said, you're still going to get an episode every single week, but you're going to be hearing from not just me, but everybody on the Find Your Food Voice team. So Yelly, Colleen, Rachel, and me, we are going to be rotating through and we know you're going to love them. And they're also quicker, shorter episodes. So you're going to be in for a treat, something different. And we hope it helps you, like I said, helps you to find your food voice. If you enjoyed this episode, we are so, so glad. You know, leaving a rating or review or subscribing really helps the show grow. It helps more people find the show. And also sharing it on your social media helps more people connect with the option of breaking away from diet culture and finding their own food voice. This episode of Find Your Food Voice was brought to you by our PCOS Carb Cravings class. It is a free class and you can get to all the details at bit.ly slash PCOS carb cravings. All right, that's all for this week. And again, we'll be back next week. It'll just be a little bit different, but still, I think it's going to help you find your food voice. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Ready to join the anti-diet movement and take the food voice pledge? Go to julieduffydillon.com and sign your name to the growing list of people saying no to diets and yes to their own food voice. The Find Your Food Voice podcast is produced by me, Julie Duffy Dillon, and my team of kick-ass folks. I couldn't make the show without Yelly Cruz, assistant producer and resident book feed, and Colleen Bremner, customer service coordinator and professional hype master. Audio editing is from Toby Lyles at 24 Sound. Music is Fly Free by Hartley. Are you looking for episode transcripts? Get them at julieduffydillon.com, where you can also submit letters for the podcast, give us feedback, and sign the Food Voice Pledge. We need your voice to end diet culture. We literally can't do this without you. Subscribe to the Find Your Food Voice podcast to get weekly inspiration and education on how we can defeat diet culture and reclaim our own food voice. I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Take care. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.